Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Four Center podcast feed, the show that believes absolutely every single part of Star Wars is great. From a certain point of view, I'm your host, my name is Joseph Scrimshaw, with me is a special guest, a different special guest. I am recording in the morning, and normally I'm joined by special guest Whiskey. Today, I'm joined by special guest 
big cup of coffee, big, beautiful cup of coffee that is going to lie to me about how much I can get done today. The greatest thing that coffee has to offer is its beautiful, beautiful lies. Mmm, hot. And with that, let's get into the Star Wars grievance that we will be counseling today. I got a great one sent in. It is one that I think a lot of Star Wars fans have thought a lot about over the years, so I am happy to dig into it. It was sent in on Facebook by Rick Villanueva. I am doing my best to pronounce the name correctly, and I apologize, Rick, if uh, I did a terrible job. As always, if you're sending in grievances, by all means, feel free to send in a phonetic spelling, and I will do a less bad job at pronouncing your name. Here's what Rick has to say. I think I need some counseling. And it's about my favorite little astromech R2-D2. Presumably, he's never had his memory wiped, and he carries an invaluable wealth of knowledge and experience. Little R2 traveled to Mustafar with a recently dubbed Darth Vader, meaning and I'm guessing that he probably knew that his once-friend Anakin wasn't the same. After Mustafar, R2 was present on Polis Massa and recorded the birth of both Luke and Leia. According to Wikipedia, Yoda and Obi-Wan had all records of the births deleted, but no mention is made of erasing what R2 recorded. Later, Bail Organa orders C-3PO to undergo a memory wipe, but not R2-D2 now. If R2 had a record of Luke's birth, presumably knew who his parents were and was aware of Anakin's change to Vader. Why did he not simply tell Luke, A, any info concerning Anakin, considering they shared a last name, and B, anything about a long-lost sister? This has been on my mind the last couple of days, and if you could help me out, I would appreciate it. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you too, Rick. Now, I love this grievance for a million reasons, but it's most fascinating to me because whatever is going on with R2's not memory wipe, all of the information he knows and his lack of communication about it, it's very clear that that is a narrative choice that was made by George Lucas. I mean, this is not just a little like, oh, that's not a detail I don't care about or I kind of lost the thread on that, or it's not important to me, or I changed my mind. I would imagine when George Lucas scripted C-3PO getting his memory wiped, he absolutely could have had R2's memory wiped as well, but this is a solid choice from George Lucas. That's in our actual real world. We also know that in the actual story of Star Wars, it is a choice made by Bail Organa that yes, the very talkative protocol droid absolutely needs his memory wiped. And that's its own painful story. But R2, he's cool. He does not need to have his memory wiped. Again, this is not a plot hole or a lost thread in the story of Star Wars or two things told at very different times that don't quite match up. This is a choice from the creator and from Bail Organa. And the fact that both George Lucas... And Bail Organa, in different levels of reality, both thought, yes, 3PO's got to get his mind wiped, but R2's cool. That opens up lots of interesting thoughts about the nature of R2-D2. Who is the real R2-D2? Now, we know a lot about him. He is clearly 
valued by all the people that he works with, all the organics he works with, and all the droids he works with. Now, it might be that uh, someone like Bale or Luke or Anakin or even Padme might value R2 because maybe he's just better at doing droid things. He's a very well-put-together droid. He might be better at interfacing with computers and ships, collating data, planning flight paths, all sorts of droid stuff. But even beyond that, even if he is just technically a better put-together droid who is better at droid tasks, there's still so much more to who R2-D2 is. He clearly thinks creatively. He comes up with bold, in-the-moment plans. He also makes very strong bonds to the people he's with. Anakin, Ahsoka, Luke, Leia, 3PO, the Falcon, on and on. He is very bold, and he takes dangerous risks that put his own little astromech butt on the line to help the people he cares about and to complete his mission. So he is very loyal, but he is also very obsessive about just getting the job done. I feel like inside his little droid brain, R2 has a lot of Excel spreadsheets. He knows what needs to happen next, but... He's not uh, just this little organized droid. He is emotional. He is defiant. He does not like to be pushed around. We see him fight with Yoda, Ewoks, Battle Droid, Salacious Crumb, on and on and on. He does not take any problems from anybody without pushing or shocking back. He does not like being controlled or pushed around. And of course... One of the most important components of who R2-D2 really is, he swears a lot. This has been an ongoing joke, definitely implied by some of 3PO's responses to R2's dirty beeps and scandalous little bloops, but in The Last Jedi, we get full confirmation that R2 has a proverbial potty mouth when Luke says, hey, watch the language. Now, that is a great, pretty, fully rounded-out character. He is knowledgeable, resourceful, loyal, defiant, and swears a lot. R2 is like a personal computer mixed with a bodyguard and a sailor, but even better. So to me, that's who R2 is, and I want to take that picture of his character into account as we look at what R2 knew, when he knew it, and why he didn't say anything about it. Rick is absolutely correct in his grievance that R2 is there when Padme gives birth to Luke and Leia. So in theory, he is very well aware of their lineage. I went back and watched that scene uh, in Revenge of the Sith, and yep, R2 is right out there. And I have to believe uh, that Rick is on the right path there, that R2 is certainly going to record a momentous event like that. That said, for my own two cents, I'm not sure if R2 is aware that Anakin Skywalker is is Darth Vader. I think it is a fascinating dance in Revenge of the Sith, what Anakin allows R2 to see and what he doesn't. Now, my personal take on Revenge of the Sith, once Anakin adopts the name of Darth Vader and agrees to follow the teachings of uh, Palpatine, of Darth Sidious, I think Anakin is in this place where he thinks he can just dip his toe into the dark side, get powerful enough to save Padme, and then kind of set things right and everything will be cool. One of the reasons that I think this is that he does not want R2 to see him brutally slaughtering the Separatists. He makes a big point of making R2 wait by the ship. 
And there's that great shot of R2 looking kind of pensive. See, this is how amazing this character is. It's a shot of a robot, but he looks pensive. Doesn't even have a moving face, just a swivel head. And he still wobbles in a pensive way. Beautiful. Anyway, I think R2 definitely knows that something is not right with Anakin, but... He's also, uh, I believe, just on a different landing pad when Anakin chokes Padme. I rewatched that scene to confirm, too. It's a different uh, landing pad than where uh, Anakin and R2 set down. So R2 isn't over there yet when Anakin chokes Padme. So R2 is spared from seeing that horror, which I think R2 would have been very, very upset by. Anyway, my point is, I think it is possible that R2 doesn't fully know that Anakin is is Darth Vader. He certainly knows that something is not right with Anakin, but I feel like there's been some wiggle room left in the storytelling. Now, there might be somewhere, something somewhere out there in canon that really confirms, yep, R2 is well aware that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader, but I feel like there is a, a little bit of doubt. So for now, I'm going to give it uh, to R2 that he has some plausible deniability that, oh, I didn't know that. I mean, I know that Luke and Leia are the children of Padme and Anakin, but uh, this Darth Vader guy, and I don't know about that. Maybe R2 is out there wondering what actually did happen to Anakin and why does no one ever talk about him? Anyway, my point is R2, well aware of who Luke and Leia are, knows that they're related, that they're the children of Anakin and Padme, and maybe he's aware that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. So, to Rick's grievance, why did he never say any of those things to anybody? One possible headcanon answer. One bit of counseling to this grievance. Maybe Bail told him not to. It is Bail who made the decision to not wipe R2's memory. Possibly because R2 is full of valuable information, but also it is possible that Bail just trusted the hell out of R2-D2. Now, R2 was around Leia Organa her whole life growing up on Alderaan, and I like the idea that Bail would give R2 a nice oil bath, maybe late at night when he knows they're alone, and have a very serious talk with him and say, Look, R2, I'm not wiping your memory, but you never say a word to Leia about her real parents. And I think R2 would answer in a hushed, secretive, affirmative boop. After all, R2 is loyal, so I believe he would respect Bale's wishes. Now, once Bale was gone, Luke and Leia were together, it's possible that R2 just kept respecting that wish. Like, really respecting the hell out of that wish. Like, when Obi-Wan claims to not recognize him, R2 doesn't swear at Obi-Wan, he does not zap him with his electroshock prod. He just goes along with it. Maybe because he is still thinking, Bale told me to just keep my mouth shut and roll with this. As a side note, I do feel like Obi-Wan acknowledges R2 when they get on board the Death Star in A New Hope. Obi-Wan says he should, meaning R2, should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network, which could just be a thing that most astromechs in theory should do, but I really like the idea that Obi-Wan knows R2 worked with the network when it was the Republic's. So Obi-Wan's being his normal sort of dance around with the truth from a certain point of view. He doesn't seem to ever remember owning a droid. Technically, he didn't own R2. Technically, the Jedi Council, the Jedi uh, Order, 
had these astromech droids at their service. He didn't own R4P17. But then when they get on the Death Star and it's time to do business, Obi-Wan is like, yeah, R2 knows what he's doing and he knows his system. Uh, That's my headcanon and I like it. Anyway, R2 also keeps his mouth shut when Luke visits Dagobah to find a Jedi Master. R2 doesn't uh, boop his mouth open to say, Oh yeah, I totally flew here with Yoda just a short time before the fall of the Republic and the destruction of the Jedi Order. You wouldn't happen to be looking for Yoda on this planet, would you, Master Luke? No, R2 respected the wishes of Bale and didn't say anything. So that's my number one bit of counseling, that Bale told R2 it was best for everyone's safety to keep these secrets until all of these people found out the truth for themselves. That said, another way to think about it is maybe R2 just doesn't quite get the relationship dynamics between all these characters, and maybe the Force is not a concept that makes a lot of sense to him. Clearly, R2 knows about the Force. He knows the Force is real. He sees it get used again and again. He gets levitated by multiple generations of Skywalkers. But it could be that, as a droid, he knows and comprehends friendship. He knows loyalty. He sees things that make him beep with sadness or joy or swear with anger. But beyond that, he doesn't quite get all this stuff that the organics are always concerned about. He likes people he likes. He doesn't like people who push him around. He gets his mission done, and that's it. Maybe he doesn't understand the whole emotional soap opera of what's going on in the hearts and the minds and the souls of organics to know that Luke might want to know that Leia is his sister or that an old Jedi named Anakin was his father. Maybe it just doesn't quite make sense to R2 is that that's a thing that he should say. It could be well out of R2's programming, that a good person like Anakin could become a terrifying monster like Darth Vader. Or, it is possible that when Vader shoots R2 in the trench of the Death Star, R2 is yelling, Anakin, you effing asshole, you shot me. But I lean toward not. Another possibility is maybe Bale said something, maybe he didn't, and maybe R2 comprehends exactly what's going on with the organics, their relationships, he understands the nature of the Force, and he tries to tell them, but they don't listen. We see a lot of great examples, uh, particularly in the Clone Wars animated series, of Anakin really listening to and understanding R2, respecting his opinion, relying on R2 for information about uh, battles and tactical decisions and just making the smart call to finish the mission, trusting R2 when he does something brave and dangerous and weird. But other than that, in the whole canon of Star Wars, we see a lot of droids not being listened to. I imagine that Poe respects the hell out of BB-8, but we do get to see that a little bit. But in general... We see a lot of droids being shushed, uh, marginalized, not really listened to. Maybe late one night, after the Battle of Yavin, R2 just started beeping away at Luke. And Luke, like he often does, is just staring off at the horizon, thinking about the future, not being in the moment, and really listening to what R2 is saying. Maybe R2 starts saying, you know, Master Luke, I once knew a 
Jedi named Anakin, and, well, in this series of beeps and boops, maybe we're at a point where Luke comprehends it, maybe Luke is still reading it off a translator screen, but then Luke just interrupts him and goes off to practice with his lightsaber. Maybe he's building a new model of that T-16 Skyhopper to play with, and he's just not expecting to hear this kind of wisdom, this depth of knowledge, this powerful story of family and truth coming beeping out of his reliable astromech droid. There's an ongoing theme in Star Wars that the droids have both the gift and the curse of being undervalued. It allows them to sneak around. It's why BB-8 can help save the day in The Last Jedi, because no one's really paying attention to the droid. It, they get away with stuff that organics couldn't, but it also means that maybe people don't listen and respect them as much as they should. It's not just 3PO who is told to shut up. It's other droids. It seems like there's a little bit of like, you, you go do the mission I tell you to do, but then if you're like, hey, I have an idea, the organics aren't listening so much. You combine that with a young, headstrong Luke Skywalker distracted by his next adventure, and I can imagine R2 trying several times to bring up this conversation of like, you know, you know when you have a sister and there are certain guidelines about how siblings interact with one another and Luke just suddenly runs off going to have a drink with Han and talk about piloting, and he's not there to truly hear what R2 is saying. So, we've talked about Bale telling R2 to keep his droid mouth shut, that that's what's best for everyone. We've talked about R2 maybe being confused by the interpersonal dynamics, not sure if Luke and Leia want or need to know that they are related. And we've, tried, we've talked about R2 trying to tell and no one respecting him enough to listen. My final idea is this. Maybe R2 just couldn't bring himself to spill the beans. I think, as an audience, we tend to look at stories and often say, hey, why didn't the character just do the logical thing? Even though we see people in the real world, including ourselves, constantly fail to just do the logical thing. Maybe R2 thinks about telling his truths. Maybe R2 wants to tell those truths if he thinks it will help his his friends. But maybe R2 is just not great with emotions. Maybe R2 is like that buddy you trust with your life. If you had to train for a marathon, you'd call him. If you needed to be bailed out of prison, you would call him. If you had to plan a surprise birthday party for someone, you'd call him. If you had to go out drinking and confess all of the upsetting things happening to you at work, you'd call him. But the second you say to him, hey, I just really need to talk about my feelings, he would just drop that third leg and roll away. Maybe R2 knows and fully comprehends the truth of who Luke and Leia are. Maybe R2 is overjoyed to see them together. Maybe R2 marvels at the twists of fate as he watches Luke swing his father's lightsaber as he and 3PO serve the daughter of Anakin Skywalker and Padme Amidala. Maybe he's open to just start bleeping it all out and he can't. He thinks of the, the pain 
the confusion, the responsibility of the Skywalker twins finding out the truth of their parentage, of their lives, of the very war they're waging against their own father, and he just can't. Put yourself in R2's three feet and imagine that you had this huge, crushing weight of knowledge that you know would fundamentally alter your best friend's perception of their identities and reality around them. That's not a thing you just blurt out. You wrestle with it. Is it my responsibility to tell them? Will it help them or will it hurt them? And even, even if I get to that point where I know I should tell them, can I make myself tell them? It is possible that R2 just can't take this huge emotional truth and flatly lay it out in a series of whistles and boops in between missions. So instead, he does what he does best. He serves. He goes on every mission. He fights like hell to keep Luke and Leia safe and alive, happy until they can find the truth for themselves. And maybe there's a part of R2 that regrets that choice. Maybe after it all comes out and he spends years traveling the galaxy with Luke, trying to understand the ways of the Force, he begins to question. He watches in horror as Ben Solo falls to the darkness just like his grandfather did. He is shocked and horrified and saddened when Luke does what no Skywalker has ever done. He leaves R2 behind. R2 goes into low power mode. According to the visual dictionary of The Force Awakens, he's not just sad. He's using this opportunity to defragment his memory, combining and collating all the data he's collected over all these decades, all these missions. He's basically having a droid midlife crisis and just taking a break from it all and trying to make sense of it. Everything that has happened over all of these decades. Maybe... R2 feels like things would have been different if he had tried harder to tell the truth, to influence the decisions of his master Luke. And so, in The Last Jedi, when Luke refuses to return to the fight, R2 gives Luke a piece of his mind. But even then, he can't come up with the right beeps and bloops himself. He wants to lecture Luke about his love for his sister Leia, about his responsibility as a Jedi. He wants to remind him of his youth and his optimism. So lightning fast, R2 searches his databanks, and he comes up with the exact right way to express himself. And a flickering blue hologram appears. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Finally, finally, R2 is speaking his mind in telling his truth to his old friend and master. Finally, R2 is telling Luke what he needs to hear about his past. Anyway, that's one way to look at it. And Star Wars is all about different ways to look at things. So we know it is a truth that R2 knew much more than he apparently ever said. We can imagine it is because Bale told him to keep these secrets, to keep their mutual loved ones safe. We can imagine 
that R2 just was a little confused by all the interpersonal dynamics of the organics and the twisty nature of the cosmic balance of the Force, we can imagine that R2 really wanted to say something, but just couldn't find the bleeps. And we all know how hard it can be to find the bleeps sometimes. Personally, I am very grateful for this grievance. This is one that I see as a gift left to the fans by George Lucas, because I think that sometimes great storytelling isn't just blurting out the truth like R2 would have had to do to Luke and Leia. Sometimes it is offering us the question so we can find our own truth. I think that's a little bit more of what the story is with R2-D2. This responsibility was given to him, and R2 had to make his own decision, and I feel like that's what's going on with this part of Star Wars. We know that the creator, George Lucas, wanted R2 to know a shocking amount about the story, a shocking amount about the relationships of the characters of the original trilogy, but he left it to us, the fans, as a puzzle to answer for ourselves why, why, at least until George Lucas does an interview and just blurts it out, which might happen. Anyway, I hope that helps, Rick. And if not, I understand if you want a boopa swear whistle like R2-D2. Seriously, uh, big thanks, though. That was a very, very fun one to think about. If you, dear listener, have a grievance, feel free to send it in. Please do use the hashtag Star Wars Counseling. That's counseling spelled with an S. Using that hashtag will make it easier for me to find those grievances. And speaking of finding things, you can find me on all the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my other podcast, Obsessed. That's all on josephscrimshaw.com. You can like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter is at Force Center Pod and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center. We are very close to unlocking commentaries for all of the Star Wars movies. Until next time, as Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. That's it for Star Wars Counseling. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.